Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From Cobble Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Featuring former Husker and NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! With broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights. Got the club going up. On a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut she choose a club going up. What is he doing? <laughs> Let's get it cracking. Let's get it cracking. 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln. Hotline, the Sardar Hammond text line. You can follow the live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Have at it. Let's do it. Let's bring in the Husker Hall of Famer, the one and only Eric Strickland. Strick, brother, what's happening? What's good, DP? Here, just um, ready to get it started. It's uh, looking like it's going to be a wonderful weekend upcoming. You've got a lot of championship games. Uh, so it's exciting, a lot of heat involved in that. And we've got a big one tomorrow for the Huskers on the road for a big test in the Big Ten uh, ACC Challenge. So we're looking forward to seeing how they perform on that. Um, it's always a pleasure to be here on the Strict Nine show here every Tuesday at 6 to 8. We will be sharing information on all sports and all elements we touch on the fringe of issues and situations and circumstances that are going in there, all things sports with a focus on Husker athletics. I am E. Strick, Strick 9, Strickland, Strick Hollywood. Well, I mean, all my friends got all kinds of names for me, but uh, here on this show, on the Strick 9 show, you can call me Strick. DP, sir, how you doing, my friend? Hey, we 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 are we're good. We're rolling. First of all, it was good to see you uh, this past weekend, brother. It was always good to in studio, of course. Right, right, right. It's always good to have that. 
uh, you know, that 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 strict energy up close and personal um, where you get to, to, to engage and, and, and let you be you. Um, a lot of folks talking about your breakdown post game, and it's good to have you kind of break it down for us even at that other level, to give us some idea about what we're listening to on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's good. It's good radio, and you are appreciated, kind. Sir. I will say one thing, good sir, that I was very impressed with was not only being in the studio with a great bunch and talent, a great and awesome bunch of men that are very talented at what they do. But on top of that, the weather was absolutely perfect right. for me to yeah. be able to go to a football game and not have to uh, uh, go and buy a huge jacket before I came back to Florida, <laughs> to which I'm not going to use. Well, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was that was one of the one of the most magnificent things that I must say. I was able to just wear a nice little sweater, and it was phenomenal. The tailgating was awesome. Uh, of course, very disappointing in the in the loss and the way that they lost, but it did provide an opportunity for these two teams, which we'll get into the matchups for the Big Ten championship game, and we'll delve into that a little bit more and how freaky and out of you know the unexpected realm that this actually popped out uh, on the scene to happen. It took a lot of things for that to happen, and uh, a lot of things that were unexpected. So. Um, here we are. It's it's an interesting week, right? Because we'll see the transition of Husker basketball from the early season schedule, all at home, to now what what happens on the road, and they can either grow from it, um, or it'll get big and it, it'll 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 reflect uh, some truth to them. So we'll figure out what that's going to be. Um, there's changes in the coaching carousel all over uh, college football. And college basketball is starting to identify itself. We're starting to see, and we're a little bit, I have to say, we got to be a little bit of surprise that Duke ran up Gonzaga like it did. Um, kind of thought that we would expect Gonzaga to make a statement like he did earlier in the week against UCLA. But, man, the Duke, Duke Blue Devils showed up, and they've got a potential number one pick on their, on their roster handling the rock. So there's a lot to cover, brother. Where do you want to start? Well, I I would like to touch on that a little bit because I think if you really got a chance to dig into that game and watch it, um, you would have found that that's what winning basketball is. The way that they moved, the way that they cut, the way that they executed, the disciplines they showed, the way that they time and scored, the way that, you know, when when it was time to do something extra, whether it's the extra pass or the extra two passes or the um, the extra push without feeling you needed to have the ball in your hands. All the, the things that, that you were able to observe if you're a, a true basketball fan and understand the love and the essence of the game, you would have saw that in that. And that's what I'm, that's when I talk about, when I talk about uh, on the show that we have or when we're doing post game. I know sometimes that you know some of our listeners are are find themselves saying, "Well, you know, maybe is why strict down on them." I mean, they got a W, a W is a W, and sometimes DP jumps on me too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's 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 really what I'm alluding to. Uh, you know, those teams have had success; they've been successful, and there's a reason why. And 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 you saw that in the way that they played the game. It for me, it it, it it's trying to get them under focus, right? To get some idea about what it is that they actually do, what they do well, what they don't do well, 
Um, what things are they advancing? And then did they get the win? And I, I think I get bit a little bit by the fact that Nebraska football is in the, well, hey, we played well but didn't win contest. And I don't like being in that space. Like my job is, did you get, my, my theory is, did you get the job done? Did you answer the task that you needed to ask, which was, did you win the game? And a lot of people spend a lot of time talking about the minutiae, but ultimately you're all defined by whether you won or didn't. And I like the fact that Big they fact. found a way to win when there are situations where that wasn't the case. Like that, that, that game could have got yeah. away from them several times. Yeah, and, and there were some definitely some good takeaways, you know, with their bench play. You, they're going to need strong bench pay, p- play. It doesn't have to come from one particular person. Some some teams are used to having one particular person that comes off and is usually their sixth man, and he's usually the guy that's that's a go-to guy when maybe their best player or something takes a little breather or whatever the case may be. But I think the Nebraskas have a unique, not not just a challenge, to gel and, and to understand those different roles that they each uh, have uh, on the success of the team, but also with regard to how they um, are going to be needed coming off the bench. And I, I think those guys have an understanding or gaining and gleaning more of an understanding on what it's going to take uh, for their what they need to provide when they come off the bench, what type of spark that is, whether it's defensively or whether it's offensively. And if it's your night going, then that your team would be able to find you as they did with uh, Kisei Tominaga in the last game. Strict there's so much to it, right? That that the pieces that are required. Like all you, you the, all the old head basketball folks recognize, okay, we need certain types of rebounders. We need different types of rebounders. We need different type of defenders. We need perimeter defenders on ball, we need off ball, we need help defenders who are good who can come in and handle those tasks. We need shooters, we need scorers, we need mid-range guys, we need finishers. We need guys who can make good decisions with the basketball and guys who can get us in transition and then guys that will help us in the half court. Of the necessary pieces for good basketball to exist, how many pieces does Nebraska have in your mind? Well, I, I think they have I think they have some core pieces that that they need to have success. I think one of the issues that they're going to have to be very cognizant of is that they need to focus on each other's role and understanding the value that each other possesses to the team's success, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to understand that Derek Walker is shooting freaking 82.4% from the field, and he's an integral part for your success because guys like that open up not just passing lanes, they open up shot lanes, which they you're a shooting team. You know, that's what it seems to me that Coach Hoiberg built was a team that needed to have shooters that they didn't have over the past, I would say, five, five, four to five years. Um, I'm not talking about not having a shooter. I'm talking about multiple shooters that can actually stroke it from Wiltshire, from Kasey, from uh, Lat. You even got goggles who can shoot it from range. You've got Bryce. And who's gotten better is Trey, but Trey is absent. So that is going to be a missing piece, not having Trey, who is the heartbeat of their team, on top of what Derek Walker brings. Um, it, it's going to be tough going on the road without him, but I think um, hopefully Derek Walker would be able to bring some solidarity to the team, some unity towards the team. Because when you go on the road, sometimes you have what they call Samson syndrome or you have hero mentality, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be the hero of this game. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to lead us home. But 
on the road is where you have to have unit solidarity, where everyone has to be on the same page. It's you against the world. It's it's us against everything in this building right now. And our job is to keep that keep their mouth shut when we walk out of here with a win. You're right. So no one's going to be able to go. You you can't in any army or any facet of, of life or battle or war just feel that you can walk into the gates of another of, of an enemy and that you're just going to you know, take their flag. Right. Yep. So it, it takes a collective unit of, of strategy and, and execution that to, in order to do that. And that's what is needed and necessary in order for them to come out victorious. So I know that we have a special guest that is going to be joining us. My close friend, my buddy, my golf friend, uh, my colleague in the NBA and Spud Webb, he's going to give us a little bit of insight on, on career. We'll talk about, you know, his, his, his history a little bit. We'll get into why he chose uh, NC state. Does he still follow NC state? Does he have a connection to the, to the university? We'll touch on some of those things, but um, NC state is uh, we're going to take it to a break, but NC state is five and one this season. Uh, they're averaging about 70, 77.8 points a game, um, which is a little less. They have they have strong balance in their scoring, so that is something that uh, the Nebraska Huskers are going to contend with. We'll dig we'll dig deeper into that when we come back after this break at ninety three seven The Ticket FM. Join us on the ticketfm.com. Get the app, subscribe, and hit the like button right there on YouTube as well at the same location. We'll come back right after this with our friend Spud Webb, and we'll talk to you in a second after the break. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. We're back. We're back. Welcome back to the Strict Nine Show. Eric Strickland here, DP on the line. We will be bringing in my friend Spud Webb. A little bit of background about my guy, Spud Webb. Spud Webb out of Wilma Hutchins High School in Dallas. Dallas legend. Got it done in the in, in the dunk contest right there at home in the crib. Had the biggest party probably of his life after that dunk contest. Spud Webb also had a tremendous career, two years at NC State, whom Nebraska will be playing in a couple of days, had a 12-year career in the NBA, playing with the Hawks, with Sacramento, a stint here in Minnesota, but nonetheless, a long career, and he's one of the smartest, smallest, fastest, highest-jumping cats that I know, Spud Wheezy. What's happening, my guy? You there? You might be muted, but it's okay. We still going to talk about Spud. He had spent a little time at Midland College as well. Did a little Juco time there. Had a tremendous little story about him where he was supposed to go to North Texas to stay home. Had a coach got fired and the fired coach ended up calling up the NC State uh, assistant who said, hey, Jimmy V, God rest in peace to Jimmy V. Um, Jimmy V came down, took a look at Spud Webb in the summer league and said, I want him. We want him right now. Spud Webb, can you hear us? 
Not yet. Oh, he's still trying to line it up. He's trying to still trying to get he's logged trying to in. Line it up. He's in. We just need to get that <laughs> get that audio up. He gonna come back. But yeah, man, what you think about Spud Webb, man, and what he was able to do with his career? One of the toughest guys I thought, you know, to face. He was like Muggsy, very low to the ground and just would hound you. Let me bit. let me let me say, back in the day, I want to say 84, 85, uh, they came into 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 uh Char- into Chapel Hill. And everybody was there to see, you know, Brad Doherty, uh Blackfoot, North Carolina, uh, Michael Jordan, that that dude. And what ended up happening was Spud and Jordan lit it up. And I this 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 rare situation strict where you're in a place where the opposing fan base doesn't know that this dude's a star yet. And yeah. so he comes into their building and they're expecting there's a rivalry. But for them to watch Spud take over the building was it was remarkable to watch it wasn't him against Jordan, but it seemed like it was. And mm. at that age, I, mean, I want I, you know, I was 22 years old, and I'm just applauding this dude like he's family, because he's taking on the giant, like he's taking mm-hmm. on he's taking on the dirty Tar Heels, right? He's taking on the dirty Tar Heels. So it's like, okay, this is my dude from this point forward. I got to roll with Spud because he put up 20, 20 plus against the Tar Heels. I'm like, look, we're, I'm I'm a fan now. Watch Whatever out. else he do, I'm in. So, <laughs> Spud, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? My man, 50 grand. <laughs> it's good to see you, my man. You too, I just saw brother. you not too long ago, and it was good. You know, me and Spud, we, we, we not only get together on the golf course, we also sit down at one of our favorite cigar spots and, and, and talk and talk all basketball and talk, talk life and you know, Spud has been not only a, a, a mentor to me, but also a good friend. Welcome to the Strict Nine Show, Spud. Thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me, Strict man. You're a good man. Thank you, my brother. So, so Spud, we, you know, the Nebraska Huskers. You're you're very aware that I am uh, of a different kind of red element uh, than what goes on down there. Very similar in colors, but nonetheless different by way of uh, you are now in the ACC. You are in the ACC, and we're now in the Big Ten. So this is part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, I want to talk a lot of crap, but tell me, you know, uh, of your experience at NC State at Tobacco Row, what that was like playing in the ACC Conference, and what should the Huskers expect when we arrive there uh, on tomorrow? Well, we're probably there now, but on tomorrow during this game at PNC. Well, uh, I, I enjoy this uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge because it give uh, teams to pl- get some good confidence or a good good competition early in the season because uh those two conferences are you know some of the toughest conferences as far as basketball other than probably the big east or pac 12 uh that you can uh a pac 10 you can uh be able to play against so coming to nc state you know we 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 uh try to play a lot of competition good competition because we know that in the acc it's no off days of playing the carolinas and the dukes and the virginias all all year so uh nebraska coming in is is awesome uh you know the guys get to travel to different different campuses and see what what other schools have uh going on and just try to play your game i think that's what nebraska probably try to do and that's what nc state is trying to learn a lot of young guys uh that they're trying to fill out 
Yeah, and one of the things too is, I mean, this is actually one of the, the probably the first meeting. I don't, I don't recall there ever being another meeting uh, of Nebraska playing NC State. So I love that aspect of being able to branch out and yeah. and play, you know, perennial type organizations out of different conferences. I love this challenge as well. So Spud, now that you are a you're you're the president of basketball operations for uh, the Texas Legends. Uh, doing that now, what type of talent would you say uh, with the change of the game that you, you would be looking for if you were to be scouting at a game like this this Nebraska and, and uh, uh, NC State game? Well, Strick, that's, that's an awesome – that's a great question because, you know, when me and you play, we're looking for the tough guard like you play, defense and score. Uh, you look for a guy that can – post up you know and uh, turn around and shoot <laughs> not anymore when you walk in the gyms you're looking for a 16 guy that can stretch the floor from the three uh you're looking for an athletic guy that can run the floor and play defense it's a total different game now you know it's uh if you can't shoot a three man it's hard to look at and uh if you can't rebound and and uh you know set picks it, you'd rather get looked at and that that's sad to some guys that have a, a what we call an old school game get looked over because they're not a stretch four or a stretch five or something like that. But that's mostly when I go into the gym and look at guys like, you know, he look a little raw. He may not be that first or second rounder. He may have an opportunity to develop in the G League. Good. GP. Um, Spud, let me ask. You int- helped introduce young little guys to the league, right? Is there still room in the game for a spud type? Is there still, for a playmaker, regardless of size, is there a guy who can shoot the three with his quickness that can create problems? Is there room for the little man in, in, in today's game? <laughs> yeah, I heard you talking about the uh, NC State-Carolina game uh, earlier. Boy. Uh, I tell people <laughs> in that game, I'm the only person that ever dunked on Michael Jordan, <laughs> they, you know, in, the, in that game. But uh, – Man, it's hard to find, man. There's no, I don't know, no GM uh, team is looking for a small guy that can push it. I see Isaiah Thomas is, man, having a tough time staying. Last one with J.J. Barrell. I mean, it's just hard uh, with the AU Select. They got all these guys that are uh, what, what they call, you uh, know, in a, they potential when they can have a guy that uh, can uh, open up the floor. And you just don't see it anymore because most of the time the two guard and the three guard is the point forward now. So it eliminates the small point guards now, which is sad because it's an up and down game. It's not physical at all. So guys should be able to last uh, the years we played. It was so physical. And uh, you just had to play smarter, like Eric say, and uh, try to, you know, make make things harder for the big guys in the open floor. You don't get that anymore. It's just a bunch of dribbling around and shooting right now, threes. Absolutely, Spud. And and so with that in mind, man, now that the game has kind of made an adjustment, um, one of the things that I'm finding is that there's becoming more parity, right, um, in, in the leagues and the conferences. This is why you're seeing what they call – used to be just, you know, you might have a, a sparse Cinderella – story right whereas now you know you you have the butlers and you have the xaviers you have all these different teams now that are are literally blowing the socks off some of the top teams you're 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 finding more ever than ever where an 11 seed and a 12 seed would mm-hmm. be a 
you know, a two, a four, a three, you know, on a regular, sometimes even a one, you know what I mean? So where do you think that parody is coming from? And I, and when do you think it shifted? You know what I mean? To where you're I tell you, Strick, it's uh it's actually coming from uh, you know, I see people feel like they bracket and they'd be like, What do you think? Who is that? I say, I'm gonna pick a a, a veteran team that had juniors and seniors because you know, it's a lot of the big schools had a lot of the one and done guys, and they got a lot of freshmen that not have that atmosphere get a little thick for them, and uh, they're not used to it. So those guys just had them veteran teams that's like eight, nine, ten, and eleven. They've been playing together for three, four years, so they uh, upset those teams like that because you know they've been playing together so so many years that they they did like a veteran team that right. paired it. It looks like it's parody now because, you know, the the guys go to the big schools and they won and done. They're starting all over again. You know, Kentucky went on that road where they was getting all those guys at that time. Duke started because Coach K had to keep up. So, uh, you know, I think that's what it is. I think the veteran teams, I look at those brackets and I say, you know, this team had a good uh, conference. Might have not been a power five conference, but they have a veteran team and they have some shooters. So, those are the ones you look at that bracket and say they might upset a one, two, or three. Speak on this real quick before I let DP jump back in there. Um, I, 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 I Answer this part. Would you agree also that there's a lot of kids with chips on their shoulders because of these ranking systems now, right? So you've got all these ranking systems that he's a five-star and he's a four-star. And these three- and two-star guys are like, shoot, I don't, you know, just because you went to – this AAU circuit and whatever you got seen more, well, I could still bust your, you know, uh, that's how they feel in. Do you, would you agree? There's some parts of that into it too, where, where some of these younger guys that maybe don't get the look is like, shoot, I can do what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was talking about. Guys have been in college two or three years. Yeah. Uh, they see these five-star guys that recruited all over them. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, show, you know, you know, when you're, you know, underdog, like you say, you want, you had that dog in you that you want to prove that you're better than the four or five-star and I think that's why uh, Gonzaga wins a lot. I, I don't never see them really with a lot of four or five star players, but then they uh, develop those guys and they juniors and seniors and they end up, you know, winning every year because they uh, have want to beat those guys that at big schools or four or five star that was recruited over them. But you know, that's that's just it, man. You have to get out and develop yourself. You know, I like. Any guy that come to college, you watch, uh, like we had Vinny Del Negro. Man, he wasn't anything when he got there, but he was there the whole four years and developed into, what, a 14, 13, 14-year 14 yeah. NBA career. So yeah. uh, it's all about how hard you want to work, and that's what I tell the guys here. We're ta- we're ta- NBA, uh, anybody can score, uh, you know, shoot the ball, but they want to see you do other things. And I think guys that stay in college – you know, three, four years developed that. But then the NBA said, what's wrong with him when he stayed three, four years? So, right. uh, you know, it's you just have to keep plugging at it because, you know, the, they have so many teams, so many dreams uh, and uh, avenues to get back to the NBA, let alone going overseas. I tell them all the time, and just keep working on your game. We're talking to NBA vet and NBA slam dunk champ, former uh, Wolfpack himself, uh, Spud Web Spud, Wer- Spud- um, I spent time in the Triangle and became friends and have great admiration for that family, that first family of North Carolina State uh, basketball, that Valvano family, Jamie and Nicole, and coach himself. What 
when you speak of, of, of Coach Valvano, what comes to mind? What are the things that you carry with you from Coach Valvano? Well, first of all, he was fun to play for. I mean, he treated you like a man. He didn't get you there and say, this my system, go to that. He looked at the way you played and, and opened the system. You know, <laughs> you love a coach, take you out for not shooting, you know. Uh, but I think his coaching was overlooked because of his big personality. But Coach V was uh, great to play for. I mean, you know, he was tough. You know, any Italian coach <laughs> going right. to be tough. You go hit the F-bombs out the <laughs> but You love him so much you want to, you know, run through a wall for him. And, you know, you, you miss him uh, that he left us so soon. But I'd never forget him because, you know, he uh, not alone, you know, uh, father of my career. He t- treated you like, you know, a man supposed to cheat, treat a kid that's away from home. And I was away, away from home, being from Dallas all the way to Raleigh, North Carolina. Last last question, and we, we appreciate your time, man. And, and uh, But, I, you know, I know you're a busy man and you got things on the plate to do. But um, what one thing I would like to ask you, like, how did you approach the game being in the time that we did play was uniquely different than it is now? What was your approach to the game when you, you know, not only being drafted in the fourth round, which they don't have that no more, and then trying to figure out and finagle your way and and getting into the position that you were able to become a starter at Sacramento and, and, and provide significant numbers for that team. So what was your approach? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question, man. Uh, you know, wasn't a guy my size playing – uh, I mean, you had Calvin Murphy, but he was basically a spot-up shooter. So uh, the way I played and the way Muggsy played, it was up and down, you know, uh, creating. So uh, when I got to the Atlanta Hawks camp, I never, you know, went to Detroit. They, I guess it was so many rounds strict, they just drafted you and then released you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's rich is good now because those, and those guys in the third and fourth and fifth and sixth round now can go pick a team where they think they can make but when i got to atlanta in training camp i see we had dominique wilkins you know doc rivers kevin willis antoine Carr, cliff livingston john by i mean we randy whitman we had so many guys that can score i was like hey somebody gotta pass the ball so when i got to camp i just tried to get those guys open shots get them dunks you know run up and down the floor to create create havoc and and it's just, you know, when you're doing that and, and being successful, it's just tough to get rid of a guy being a free agent that uh, you have to find a spot for him for on your team. And and I was lucky enough to, when uh, Mike Fratello go, where we're going to use him this way. If, funny story about that streak is I'd never seen an NBA game in person before <laughs> to, the, to the first one I played in wow. and started in. And uh, played against a guy that I tried to walk like and tie my shoe in the back and Gus Williams. That first game when I scored 18 points and 10 assists and uh, end up, you know, playing six years there in Atlanta. So I just look at it that, man. You got to look at what a team is not doing, where you fit in. And, you know, you wasn't a, a starter. Uh, so you try to fit in where you try to, you know, ignite the team, you know, hit shots here. So I started to learn that. What shots they gonna give me? Mm-hmm. They're trying to take away. You have to figure that out if you're gonna have longevity. Because, well, we know Doc Rivers is gonna be a coach when <laughs> he coached us. And he said, hey, look here, you just can't run up and down the floor. You're gonna have to find you a shot. Niche. You're mm-hmm. gonna have to shoot you a three, and you're gonna have to be able to make free throws. And that's a little challenge to me because 
I, one year I led the whole league and percentage wise. Yeah, like ninety three percent. So mm-hmm. it was a challenge. First couple of years, not three pointer. You know, my last couple of years in the top, you know, fifteen twenty of of uh, shooting three. So you have to involve your game. And, and try to longevity is to you know try to get that jump shot find that thing that you do do to help and that's why when i got to sacramento it was my four best years awesome man once again we're here with spud webb legend in dallas legend in the nba for what he was able to accomplish in winning the dunk contest yo i mean yo don't don't like one of the guys that i used to admire and, I, and as, as I let you go, was Rob Pack, how he just attacked the basket with a reckless abandon. And you was like that. Like, don't don't get caught slipping if I come off a pick and roll and turn because I might just bang on your head. That was Spud Webb. He had that kind of dog in him. He was a tremendous player. He's a tremendous friend. Spud Webb, once again, thank you for joining the Strict Nine show, coming on and, and spending a little time with your boy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Drake. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work, y'all. Uh, it's always to uh, get a perspective from different people, man. And I think that's what you guys give and bringing on guests like me and the knowledge of uh, basketball and you guys are putting out to people. So just keep up the work and God bless, man. My man. Thank you. We'll come back after this. After uh, a few messages, we'll be right back here on the Strict Nine Show on 93.7 The Ticket FM. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Yay, yay. We back. What a wonderful, what a wonderful, what a wonderful, what a wonderful guest, man. Spud gave us a lot of enlightenment, gave us little things of what to expect. It's going to be probably very raucous. You have a little bit of familiarity in what it's like to be down there on Tobacco Row in Raleigh, Durham, in that area. Well, I was, I was telling, Strick, I was telling some of the, uh, some of the young Huskers, right, this is their first road trip. And I wasn't so much worried about Derek Walker. I wasn't worried about, like, Trey McGowan's already punched in that building, but he's not going to play. But that building is a different kind of building. Like, I, I told him, you, you, people come to PBA and they love it because there's all this space and it's roomy and it's friendly. I said, no, 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 no. When you go to NC, you go down to Raleigh, they're going to be in their huddle. They're going to be in the locker room. Like they, this is not, <laughs> right. This is yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all need to understand. One, have a plan, especially for all the young dudes, right? Who have never gone and dealt with that sort of thing. That's going to be a u- unique experience tomorrow. Not only for for the men, but also for the women um, when they head to Wake Forest. It's it's going to be different when you're going down uh, to Tobacco Road. That it's no joke. Um, I kind of was hoping they get sent to Charlottesville or something where it's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit friendlier, <laughs> a little bit friendlier. Go to University Hall. Like, oh yeah, go do that. Um, but it, it'll be interesting, bro. They're going to learn a lot about themselves. And a part of me says that there's a part of this thing where they're going to kind of enjoy the 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 venom that they're going to face. That might unite them in a way that playing at home can't. Yeah, I would agree. So you know, under fifth. 
fifth year coach Kevin Keats. You know, they starting off at five and one. They they had a rough season last year. I think they ended up at fourteen and ten. Um, so they have a lot of young talent, but one of the things that I think he's got them to buy into is that success is going to come by way of everyone's success. So all aspects of them, you know, moving as a piece uh, is going to help them to get a, you know, get the job done. You know, uh, Jericho Helms went nuts last game for over 30. Six threes. Boom. You know what I mean? Crazy. But he's not even their leading scorer, right? Right. So <laughs> Darion Sebron is their, is their leading scorer at 18.8 uh, points a game. So they've got they've got some elements that you can't just like say, uh, you know, like back in the day, we used to say, OK, we're playing Colorado. It's Donnie Boyce. We got to shut him down or it's Chauncey Billups. You know, they're, they're, this ain't this ain't that. You know what I mean? It's it's not that that one trick pony. So they've got they're going to have to um, work and, you know, they're, they're going to have to communicate because it's going to be raucous in there. You yep. know, just a little pointing and a little this. That ain't going to work. You're going to have to speak and, and raise your voice up and, and be able to rotate and make rotations. Otherwise, you're in someone else's gym. If they get open looks, they may bang your head out. I mean, this is this is the big, you know, Big Ten ACC challenge. This ain't just no, no regular one-of-the-mill game, right? I, I like the fact that that their staff has made a point to to keep Carolina kids at home. Right, those kids that respect the program, understand the program, understand what's required. Like they're not going to be get caught up in the nonsense. Um, I believe they've got of their fifteen, they've got ten, ten or eleven who are from right from that area. Right, so they understand it. You're right. They're 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 young. I mean, they've got two seniors, I think, um, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, you know, Helms Helms is is a different dude. Six seven. Can shoot St. Louis cat a little bit of art, you know, a little bit of anger, but he knew where he wanted to play, so he did the work to get there. Can shoot the three, mm-hmm. hit three, six threes the other night. As you said, he got it rolling. We we're familiar with that. I think if people want to get some mental image of who this young man is, think Teddy Allen with a with a cleaner shot. Yeah, right yeah. from three. He just same same type of body. Same type of swagger in the way he plays. He he understands he can get things off. The difference between North Carolina State um, previously, I mean, they've got six eleven, six eleven, six ten that they will run at you on a on a fluid basis. Like they've mm-hmm. got three bigs that one they're tough to defend. They run the pick and roll. You can get behind them. You can lob over the top because they they think they're more athletic than than they are, which. Nebraska will probably have to play with, right? Figure out how to get Derek Walker the ball behind the bigs. Um, that means, you know, we've got Lonzo Verge driving right at the big man, dumping over the top. But the interesting matchups are these six sevens on the wing, right? That guys like C.J. Wilshire and, and and Bryce McGowan's against Sebron and Helms. Look, that's the, look. Buckle up for that. Get popcorn for that because those those four guys are going to show up tomorrow. Whoever has the best night wins, but my goodness gracious. Um, and I think Nebraska's deeper. I think they're actually mm-hmm. deeper. Nebraska, uh, yeah. NC State they're runs running about like a seven. seven-man rotation Yeah, about strong. seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they got they got Turquavian Smith who comes in with a you know off the bench with a with a nice offensive punch for them gives them about ten points a game nine point eight points a game, but uh, Cam Hayes runs the attack. Cam Hayes runs the runs the show. He's averaging about eleven point seven points a game, but he has a tremendous uh, assist to turnover ratio at five to one. Mm-hmm. So 
mm-hmm. uh, that's where you're getting that balance from because not only and, and, and this is this is this is what I was talking about in you know in studio with regards to Alonzo Verge. You know, Alonzo Verge, those type of numbers look phenomenal. Anywhere from 12 to 15 points with a high turnover, the assist to turnover ratio at, you know, a four to one, five to one, you're putting yourself in a, in an opportunity to win a lot of games. But if you're Allen Iverson on this Nebraska team and you're getting 17 to 20 shots a game, that's that's a no win recipe, especially going on the road. This is what the this is what I would hope his numbers would look like. Yeah, I mean, because that, that that crowd's going to pile on. Right, that that dude that's gonna pile on. So if things start to go left, somebody has to kind of drive it back. Uh, the text line asks the question: Is Thomas Allen uh, still playing for North Carolina State? He does. Um, he's down there. Uh, Thomas Allen was recruited by uh, Nebraska from uh, from Brewster. Uh, he he doesn't get a ton. Well, I think he averages. I want to say he averages three or four points a game. I think that three-point shooting will play a big effect. Like, we know that Helms can shoot it. Um, they don't have a lot of guys who can just knock them down. But Nebraska's curse has been teams that don't normally shoot three points well <laughs> hits numbers against them. So Especially we'll, at Pinnacle. <laughs> right, right. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe, maybe they're in Raleigh. Maybe that won't, you know. And, maybe it might not be. <laughs> right, maybe, maybe it won't work that way. Um, but there's – Three points will three point shooting will matter, and then rebounding because six seven six seven and six eleven, all who spring and bounce and are explosive. What Nebraska cannot do is cannot allow North, North Carolina State to get it going on second opportunities. Like that's that's a big one, and 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 what NC State will kill you with is they'll get the second rebound, kick it out, and hit you with a three. So yeah. so those are things to watch early on in this game um, just to see, one, pay attention to the rotation, but two, uh, how Nebraska battles on the offensive end, um, on the defensive end, and keeping NC State off the boards. I mean, it is good that Alonzo Verge is averaging. His his numbers look good right now. I think if he stays right there and understands that, that it's okay. At that 13.6, five rebounds a game, 5.6 assists, and then almost two steals a game. Those, those are phenomenal numbers that can get you somewhere. <laughs> So so that's going to be an important thing uh, that they don't give NC State a lot of, like you said, extra opportunities. Right. So if, if they come in at the end of the game and NC State got 81 possessions with a 40 plus, you know, clip of shooting and then a 30, you know, five plus on three there, that's a losing recipe. Right. And you're only getting 71 possessions, right? And that's due to offensive rebounds or it's due to turnovers. So they're going to have to limit their turnovers. They're going to have to, you know, I think I think a successful night when we come back to post game tomorrow would be a a wash, you know, at a 30, you know, a 40 to 41 rebound margin or you know, something along those lines. If Nebraska wins the rebound battle, I think they've got a tremendous chance to 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 pull one out on the road. You know, that would be something to look forward to. Yeah, it, it it's that thing, right? We look at the numbers. Nebraska will go into it shooting forty five percent from the field. Fifty is kind of the, the benchmark for me. That you know, they're one, they're they're getting better shots and they're knocking down the shots that they get. Uh, they're only hitting twenty twenty seven percent from three. That's got to be at 40 by the time we get midway to the Big Ten Conference. Like, that number's got to move all the way up. 
And they're shooting 73% from the free throw line. Look, the magic number is 75 to 80 for this team. It, exactly. Right? Period. You got to figure that out. Yeah. We'll find out more about them tomorrow. Like I said, it, this is not a friendly – these are not the friendly confines. This is going to be a brawl. And they'll have to maintain composure. They'll have to not get caught up and be emotionally immature in their moments. But they have to consistently rebound. Like, rebounding will set the tone, and then they'll throw the ball away because NC State can run the floor and finish on your head. So those are some pretty cool keys to get us into the ballgame. Text in at the Sutter Heyman uh, text line at 402-464-5685. you have any questions, you have anything that you would like to throw out, discuss, or have us to touch on, go ahead and reach us there at 402-464-5685 on the Sutter Heyman text line right here on the strict nine show where are we going to go next dp uh, you want to talk well, football we, or you yeah. want to talk what where are you going to go well let's go this is championship week for college football this is where chips are awarded this is where money is made this is where draft stock is improved and dreams are dashed <laughs> so absolutely hey, let's 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 touch on uh something real quick that that rabbit out of the hat win by Alabama last week against mm-hmm. Auburn, mm-hmm. It, it, it it felt every bit like Iowa, Nebraska to me, where you know everybody was on you know jumping and going crazy, and the punter just put them down at the two yard line for two straight possessions, and then here comes the Heisman Trophy hopeful. Mm-hmm who takes them 90-plus yards in, you know, a speck of time, a little under two minutes, and gets them to the 29-yard line. And I, I made this suggestion. I said, what are they doing, DP, with regards to their defense? They're press coveraging at the ball at the 30 with third and 10. Mm-hmm. They were press coveraging, and I'm saying to them, why are they press coveraging right now? This is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Auburn fan because I, you know, I was born in Opelika and Auburn. They're like, they're like, you know, city side by side. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 all Auburn, mm-hmm. you know, period. And I'm saying to myself, why are they not playing 10 yards off? Let them run to them. And if they squat trying to just get the first down, cool. I'm tackling you inside. I'm not letting you run an out, not letting you run a post, but I'm standing right here on this line. Come on to me. Either you're going to squat, you're going to try to do a stop and go, or you're going to try to go for the for the end zone. You only got 29 seconds. DP, help me understand what the defense was thinking. I, I had I, I had a, a, a War Eagle all queued up and ready to go, and then I saw some of those the, those 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 matchups, and I thought they're going to coach themselves out of a win. And, they and, and it's the best receiver, Michi. Right. I'm like, what right. Are you like you doing? understood what it was. So yeah, we. I mean, missed opportunity by Auburn. Uh, they could have, you know, shook things up for everybody. But Saturday's coming, Friday and Saturday's coming, and you've got a whole lineup full of games. We can go through them all. Let's do that next on Strict Nine Nine Three Seven The Ticket FM. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.